turn your Bible, please, to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. <clears throat> Thank you, Brother Brian, for the song today, the choir, and all the beautiful music. Thank the Lord for what we've been singing. Most of you are aware that we come into the house of God. Our main theme is to praise Jesus. The songs, the testimonies, the Word of God, all of it redounds to the glory of God. Revelation is the unveiling of Jesus Christ. The very first verse of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which are shortly come to pass. and sent and signified it by the angel unto his servant John. The word revelation has in it the word reveal. Revelation, revelation. This is the unveiling of Jesus Christ. And as we think about this, we think of verse 13, look, Paul, uh, John was on the Isle of Patmos for preaching the word. He was a prisoner. In the first century, when you became a Christian, you were a suspect. If you talked about it very much, they arrested you. That's true in some places in the world today. John could not keep quiet. Everywhere he went, he talked about Jesus, the resurrected Christ. So he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos for preaching the word of God. In that vision, he saw seven golden candlesticks. In verse 20, we recognize what those candlesticks were. Seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Thank you. Thank you. Now in the midst of the seven candlesticks, he saw one and verse 13 says, he was like the son of man. Notice, it does not say that he saw God. The Old Testament tells us no one has ever seen God and lived. Jesus came to say, I and my Father are one. Amen. So to see Jesus was to see God. And John said, I saw one like the Son of God. Reminds us of something in Daniel, when the king had thrown Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. He looked a little bit later. He said, I thought we just saw th put three in there. I see a fourth one. It looks like the Son of God. Amen. It was Jesus Amen. who came to be with them in the fire. Amen. And as one great preacher has said, when you get in the fire, 
Don't worry about it. Jesus will be there with you. He never leaves nor forsakes. The book of Revelation is the unveiling of Jesus Christ. There are two words that are often used concerning the Bible. One is apocrypha, the other is apocalypse. Apocrypha refers, the word apocrypha refers to those hidden books between the Old and the New Testament. They're called the apocryphal books. They're hidden messages. They were never part of canon. They were never accepted by the early church or by the Jews as part of the Bible. They are in the Catholic Bible between Malachi and Matthew. But they're also called the Apocrypha because they're hidden. The, the word apocalypse means unveiling. Some people have thought the Revelation is such a hidden book that you really can't understand it, you can't preach on it, you can't understand it ever, when just the opposite is true. The unveiling of Jesus Christ, the revealing, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so, in this book, we find a threefold blessing to those who will, bless, who will read the book, hear the book, and keep the book. Verse three, blessed is he that readeth, they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Blessed are those who read, who hear, and then who keep or heed what is written. So in a real sense, as we study this chapter this morning, we all should feel blessed because it says, he that reads it, he that hears it, and then he that keeps it. That keeps in mind, keeps in heart, expects the things that are revealed here to come to pass, blesses that one. Now, we think of this, want you to notice, John identifies himself as the author. He says, I was in the Isle of Patmos for preaching the word. And it was on Sunday, the Lord's day. This is Sunday, the Lord's day. And so on this day, we're recognizing that Jesus is all he said he would be. Amen. Look in verse seven. Behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. They also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen or amen, even so come. So what we're seeing here is the unveiling of the coming of Christ. Jesus is coming again. In the book of Revelation, there's great focus given to the fact that he's coming. It does not tell us when. There's a passage in Zechariah that says, he's coming to the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives will be split in two. There'll be a hiding place for the Jews. Well, Revelation doesn't really speak of that. This is the unveiling of the coming of Christ. The interesting thing, and Look in uh, 
verse 12 and 13. I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. In the midst of seven golden candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his feet, and girded about with a paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire. His feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace. His voice as the sound of many waters. In his right hand, seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And the countenance was as a sun shining in strength. In verse 10, it said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Almost every Sunday we have the trumpet sound. The trumpet is to remind us that he is coming. Now I do not know how the entire earth will hear that trumpet. I'm not even sure they will. Think through with this for a moment. Who saw Jesus after the resurrection? The world? No. Did Caesar see him? No. Did Pilate see him? No. Only the believers. When he comes a second time, is it possible that only the believers will hear that trumpet? Only those who are saved will hear the trumpet? They're the ones that will see him coming. The world will wonder what happened. Where'd they all go? We have no idea. They'll call a special session of the United Nations and they'll vote to say a comet came and got him. There's some silly thing like that. They won't know. But he is coming. Amen. Now keep in mind, his garment down to the foot, clothed with holiness. Amen. His golden girdle stood for the gold of his character. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, divine purity. Amen. His eyes were a flame of fire, divine discernment. When the Lord looks at us, he discerns exactly what's in our heart. He knows the heart. We look on the outside, he looks on the heart. Amen. His feet like fine brass as if they burn in the furnace, divine judgment. Amen. The voice as the sound of many waters divine authority. Amen. When we have choral reading over at the school, I'm constantly on the young people, speak loudly. Amen. Don't whisper. It is finished. No, no. It is finished. Amen. When the voice of the Lord spoke, he spoke with a voice of thunder, Amen. powerful. Amen. And when you hear, herald the word of God, you herald it with excitement and with joy, you don't whisper it. Behold, he cometh like the voice of a trumpet. Amen. Well now, to be brief, I could stay here a long, long time, but let's move quickly. What did he see? He said, I saw one like the Son of Man. When Jesus was here, he used the term from Ezekiel, the Son of Man, many, many times. He actually is the Son of God. He is actually God incarnate. So what did John see when he turned and saw the candlesticks and heard the voice? The voice said, I am he that liveth 
and was dead, I'm alive forevermore. In John chapter one, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's who Jesus saw, that's who John saw. He saw the Word of God, who was God incarnate in human flesh. Keep in mind, we do not serve three gods. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God, and the Hebrew word is Elohim, which is a plural word. The Lord thy gods is one God. He's one gods. That's Hebrew for you. There's only one. He manifests himself as Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When Jesus was here in the earth, this is hard for a lot of people to understand. When Jesus was here, God was here. And when John saw or heard the voice, he heard the voice of God, the voice of the Son of God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten Son of the Father. He was the Son born in Bethlehem. Micah 5, 2, but thou Bethlehem, though there be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, who is to be ruler in Israel. He was the Son of God who healed the sick, cleansed the leper, caused the blind to see, cast out demons, caused the lame to walk, healed the confused in mind, and raised the dead. He was the one who prophesied. His name should be called Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's the one who prophesied in Isaiah 53. Listen to this. Isaiah 53. He is despised and rejected of men. You mean God came to earth and he was despised, rejected of men? Yes, still is. A lot of people say, I don't believe. I don't believe, I'm from Missouri. You show me and I believe. One day he's gonna come and show you, but it may be too late for you. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's what happened to Jesus. That's what John saw. He saw the one who went to Calvary. When they were come to Calvary, there they crucified him. Malefactor on one side, another on the other. One cried out and said, if you're really the Christ, come down and save yourself and us. The other said to the other thief, do you not know that we're here because of our sins? Then he looked at Jesus. He said, Lord, remember me 
when you come into your kingdom. And the Lord, with all authority of heaven and earth, said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Amen. He's the only one who had the authority to say that. Now keep in mind, your preacher does not have the authority to say you're going to heaven. Your priest does not have the authority. The Pope does not have the authority. Only the Lord Jesus. And when you put your trust in him, the word of God says, to those who receive him, to them gives he power to become the sons of God, even them that believe on his name. So he came to deliver sinners. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I pause to ask you to think with me. Can you imagine the God of heaven and earth coming to earth to rescue you and me from the bondage of sin, from the depths of hell, to lift us out of the terrible groove of eternal lostness into the glory of the coming King? That's why Jesus came. That's who John saw. I saw one like the Son of Man. He came to give us a new home with new hope. Now I want you to notice some things that Jesus did. When he was here, Jesus was not somebody who tiptoed through the tithers. I want that to sink in. He was not afraid to tell the whole word of God for fear that somebody wouldn't support him. This is what he said. Turn your Bible to Matthew chapters 5 and 6, the great sermon on the mount. Here's what he said. You're the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. When you give your heart to Jesus, he changes you on the inside so that from now on you want to serve him, you want to live for him, you want to love him. You want his life to be lived through you. But wait a minute, that's not all. Look at verse 21. You've heard that it was said of old time, thou shalt not kill. Whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. I say to you, whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. Whosoever shall say his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. Whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of fire. Don't get angry. If you do get angry, sin not. What's that mean? It means get angry over the things that anger the heart of God. Did Jesus ever get angry? Yes. When he went to the temple and saw all the merchant people making money off of God's people, he took a whip and drove them out. 
he was filled with righteous indignation. There's a time when you and I need to be righteously indignant over some things that are going on in this world. Gambling, prostitution, abortion, murdering a little baby in the mother's womb. How on earth could you vote for somebody that's for that? Well, we say that's an economic matter. Where do you divorce economy from spiritual truth? You don't. Well, he goes on. Verse 27, you've heard that it was said, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say to you, whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery already in his heart. Do you know why the Bible concludes all under sin? Because just about everybody has committed adultery. Oh, I've never committed adultery. Think about your thoughts. Think about those things you've seen. Think about all that goes on in your mind, in your heart, as you look with lust after another. Jesus said that's adultery. Look in verse 31. It has been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of endorsement. But I say to you, whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, Whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. That's pretty clear, isn't it? He says, don't divorce. You know why there's so many divorces today? Now listen. You're hearing this from somebody who's never been married. You say, well, he doesn't understand. Well, that's true. A lot of things I don't understand. I understand this. You know why a lot of people get divorced? They do not weigh carefully in advance who they're dating. If you date somebody that's been promiscuous, don't be shocked and surprised when you get married, you find they're still like that. Don't be surprised at that. God said it. If you're dating somebody who sits in church and chewing, chewing his gum and talks all the time, don't be surprised when you get married. They do the same thing, keep on doing the same old thing. You date somebody that loves Jesus, loves Jesus more than you do, more than they love you, you'll find somebody to stay with you. Well, you mean Jesus was that hard on people? Yes. Listen to this. I say to you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be blameless Sons of your Father, which is in heaven. He maketh the sun to rise and shine on the evil and the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. I'm trying to save people. Not unsave me, I'm trying to save you. If you're saved, God says, love your enemy. I don't have an enemy in the world. That's a lie. If you stand for something, you're gonna have an enemy. 
Some people won't like you. Then you get them say mean things about you. What are you going to do about it? Oh, I hate them. I'm going to wait till I can get even with them. I'm going to tell them off. No, no, no. You love them. Love never fails. Love overcomes evil. Now abideth faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Who said that? The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, let me go on. You just turn page after page with the Sermon on the Mount. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust do corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust do corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I'm bringing all this to your attention to show you what John saw in chapter 1 of Revelation. He saw Jesus. We have a little song at Christmas. We sing, meek little Jesus boy, sweet little Jesus boy. That's a lie. Jesus was the God of all eternity. He's the one that created the world. He's the one that said the Sermon on the Mount. The same one reminds us, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth. The reason those treasures will disappear. They go down the drain. Lay up for your treasures in heaven. How do you do that? You love somebody to Christ. Go out and bring somebody to Jesus. God can enable every one of us to do that. If everybody here would go out this week and do your best to win somebody to Jesus, there's no end of what would happen. Next Sunday, people are walking down the aisles, coming to Jesus. Why? Not because of the sermon preached, but because of you. You went out and told them about Jesus. Tell them what he did for you, what he's done for you to do for others. There's no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. Well, I want to quit in a moment. Let me, let me mention this. He also came to give us a real home. I like the song, sort of a melody, going home, going home. I don't know all the words. It's a beautiful song. Do you ever notice how many songs in church we sing about heaven? Face to face with Christ my Savior. Face to face, what will it be? There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar, for the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. Amen. We were down in Mexico. People had very low standards of living. Very little housing. Many of them lived on the streets. Saw hundreds of people on the streets. There were four young men in our car. Steve was one of them, Teddy was another, and two or three or two others, I think. You know what they began to sing? There's a land that is fairer than day. Why'd they sing that? The thing what people didn't have here is what we have over there. Amen. We went down to Mexico to tell them about the home over there. Amen. That's what we're to do. 
Today we go out of here to tell people about the home over there. And that's what John is going to do the rest of Revelation. He said, I saw Jesus. I heard his voice. The voice of many waters. He didn't whisper. He shouted it loudly. And as we go out, let's tell it on the land and the sea. Everybody we can find, tell them about Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, before we close today, there's somebody here who needs, about, needs Jesus. If you open your heart to him, you come in. He'll forgive your sin and cleanse you, take you to heaven when you die. You need to come forward and confess Christ as your Savior. Let's bow together in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed in prayer for just a moment. What are you going to do with Jesus? We say, I know that all that John said about Jesus is true. I need him. I want him. I know he died on the cross for my sins. He was God incarnate. And I want him in my heart. If you'll ask him, you'll come in. The Bible speaks of repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus. Repentance means turning away from sin and turning to Christ, inviting him to come in. Will you do that today? Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity of this service. Have thy way in the next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, please. What page number? Page 350, where he leads me. Where he leads me, I will follow. Take up thy cross and follow me. I heard the Savior say. God loves you. He wants to come and live in your heart. But you have to invite him in. Will you do that today? We're going to sing an invitation. As we sing, this is God's invitation. If you've got the courage and the faith to say, no matter what the world says, I'm going to take a stand for Christ. You step out and come down here. I want to meet you here. Give your heart to Christ. Some of you need to be baptized today. You need to come. If you're here and your membership is another church and God wants you here, you come. While we sing, will you come to Jesus?